all y'all's, y'all's story. I ain't enjoyed all mine, I can tell you now. But I believe whenever I get a little more Jesus in me, then I'll enjoy them even more. The thing I'm looking forward to is the day that I get to go and be with the Lord forever. Have a set of legs that'll work good. They're working now, but they ain't working good. Have a mind that'll work the way it should. Anybody know what I'm talking about on that one? Huh? I look forward to that day. What's that? Yeah, I'm, I'm down to just bending now. Got about 95 degrees now. <laughs> Praise God, that's right. Still have to have my extra set of legs here yet. This one here likes to give out on me, but in time. It's part of my story. It's part of my journey. Everybody's got one, amen? We all got a journey. I, I want to talk to you this morning, and I don't know. I don't think I'm going to keep you long. That's my notes. You say it's dangerous? <laughs> The preacher of 40, 50 years is telling me I'm, that's dangerous. So, yeah, we may, it's holiday weekend, and we need to pray for those that are out on the roads traveling this weekend. As Brother Ron said, we need to be praying for the people that is in the path of this storm. We have brothers and sisters that's in the path of this storm. There are lost people that's in the path of this storm, and they all need God's intervention. My prayer, this thing will turn and head on out in the ocean and get a couple sprinkles of rain, get the yards nice and green, a nice breeze to set out on the porch and enjoy it because when you go down that part of the country, I don't see how in the world you enjoy anything. It's hot. You go to Florida a couple of days and you appreciate home. At least I did. And so we got a lot to pray about. Chris and Casey, Ron, Brother Ron's uh, son and his wife and grandchild, I mean, they live down there and Myrtle Beach area, and they don't know yet what this thing is going to do, but I can tell you who does. The Lord does. And I can tell you this, prayer makes a difference. Amen? Now, we all got that to think. I mean, uh, uh, we, we're going to talk about that this morning. And by the way, the subject of this message this morning is the storms of life. And I need to let you know now. I told y'all that while I was laid up for three months looking at the ceiling, watching, you know, it's possible to actually watch all the Gunsmoke episodes twice. It is. And still have time to read the Bible. And still have time to pray. And when you got a whole lot of stuff out of your way, uh, uh, God, God will come in and work. And uh, Brother... Timmy Felder, he understands that one, don't you? <laughs> but uh, this, this, it's ironic that we actually have a hurricane out in the ocean that is, you know, it's big news. You turn the Weather Channel on, you can't even find out what's going to happen in your area. They're talking about the storm, rightfully so. But I want to tell you, this message today, <clears throat> it wasn't born because there's a storm in the ocean. Now, for me, that just tickles me to death because I know that God was speaking. 
I told you, I got a whole lot of stuff God gave me during these three months. And, and come about, but if, if there was no hurricane out in the ocean right now, and it wasn't big news right now, you would still be hearing this message this morning today. You're here for a reason. And so I wanted to make that clarification. I hope that you uh, will get something from this because we all face storms in the past, don't we? Anybody going through a storm right now? I'm going to raise my hand because I actually am. I've got a couple storms probably on my beachfront right now. If you didn't raise your hand or if you're not going through a storm, trust me, there's one coming. Get ready, and this is why we got Scripture, so when those storms come, we know how to get through them. God has showed us, and He showed us uh, abundantly that there ain't nothing that we're not going to face in this life that we can't just trust Him and depend on Him on. Did I say that right? Depend on Him on. Y'all got it, didn't you? I'm going to read some scripture this morning. Read quite a bit because I want you to get the story. I want you to get it in. We're going to go to Acts chapter 27. I'm going to skip a few scriptures and, and because uh, just for time's sake, they was five minutes late letting me come up here this morning, so I've got to skip. No, I was going to skip them anyway. But we'll go ahead and start reading. By the way, thank you all. I want to thank you again just in case you haven't been here in a bit. I want to thank you for all the prayers. All the support, all the visits, all the food, all the money, everything that everybody has given to my family during this time of need, and the most of all the prayers, and I thank you for the offering. Uh, I usually like to tell everybody, well, we're going to use it for the work of God, but I'll just be straight up with you right now. I can't get out and go a whole lot right now. I wish I could. I got out and went with the men yesterday to Hibachi's. That was my first outing. Since uh, April the 22nd, 3rd, whatever the day it was. See, I done forgot. You see how quickly you forget is the day after Easter, but I don't know that I'll be spending a lot of gas money coming to see you. I, I pray that you'll give us a call, you'll give us a text if you need something, and, and, and we'll get somebody there for you, but I can promise you this, you will be prayed for. And uh, I wish I could come out and help every one of you with everything that you have going, but right now I'm, I'm just getting my legs back under me. So please uh, lift us up in prayer and continue to do that. And, uh, you know, God's he's got a plan. And we're going to find that out this morning. He has a plan. There's not nothing we face he didn't already know was coming. Some things he allows. Some things we, we do on our own. Amen. Don't we do some things on our own that gets us into trouble? Sometimes other people do things and we get into trouble. That's true. So we're going to start reading. and You guys just follow along with me. We'll start in verse 1 of chapter 27. And before I, I start this, you know, Paul had a chance to not have to go to see Caesar in Rome. That's what this is about. He was on trial. You remember that. And so he... Uh, he, he, because he had a Roman ancestry, he basically told the Jews, y'all can't do nothing to me. He told the Romans that was there, how come y'all beating on me because I am a citizen? And of course that scared them to death because they got out of line and he, he wanted to go see Caesar. The reason he wanted to go see Caesar is because God wanted him to go. 
And the reason that he went to see them so that the gospel of Jesus Christ could go into Rome. And if we read in chapter 28, we'll find out that he actually got there. There was some stuff he had to go through to get there, but he got there. So we're going to go ahead and start reading. And said, when it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustine Regiment. So entering a ship of, <clears throat> excuse me, of Adramidium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of, of Thessalonica, was with us, and the next day we landed at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. This fellow that the centurion, the guard that was over this mission, and I want to lay some ground real quick. Before uh, they got on this ship, this, this, this ship had other duties to do. It, it had stuff to take places. It does business, okay? But these Romans, they had another thing to go. So basically, even though you have a captain of a ship, you got an owner of a ship, they pretty much did what the centurion said because if you didn't do what those fellows said, you answered to Caesar and all the rest of the Roman army so they were kind of in charge. Now, he didn't know how to sail. We're going to find that out. But they kind, of, they kind of followed whenever, if he said we're leaving, we're leaving, and if we're stopping, we're stopping, and, and he, made the, he made the decisions. But he was kind to Paul. Was this fellow a believer? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say, so it's, we can't conjecture things up, but he was kind to Paul. There was something about Paul that he liked him. So whenever they, they land in one place, we'll see there in a minute, or you can read on them. I'm not actually going to read that part, but he let him go and have, and I think I did just read it, he let him go and, and spend time with his friends, the people that he knew. Now, whenever I wore a badge, you didn't let prisoners go and go places. The family come to see them. But he gave him some liberty because he was kind to him. It was something about him. And I believe what was about him was the Spirit of God that was in him. There was something there. And, and, and that's when we, we have people that, uh, people don't get me wrong, they're going to treat us bad when we're Christians. But the world don't like you. By the way, Jesus said, just remember they hated me first. So when the persecution comes, you just get it down, down pat, it's coming, it's going to happen. Okay, and they went and they, they had difficulty selling where they were going because they were in the wrong season. They had a hard time getting there, and they stopped at a place called Fair Havens. They stayed there for a little bit. Now we're going to pick up reading in verse 9. Now, when much time had been spent in sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to sail from there also. If by any means they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, opening toward the southwest and northwest, and winter there. It was a better place to, to park for the winter. 
you could kind of relax. Amen. Where they were at, they were open to the winds, they were open to everything that was going to be coming in, and it just wouldn't have been a comfortable stay. They had to, they, they, they wanted to get somewhere. Now let's go to verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Euroclidon. Folks, that is just simply a cyclone, a hurricane. It was a big, and we're going to find out, a big bad storm. And so, when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Clauda, we secured the skiff with difficulty. And when they had taken it on board, they used it. Now, a skiff, by the way, is that little boat that you used to get to shore. The big ship couldn't get all the way in. It would ground out and, and it would tear apart. It would, bad things would happen. So they pulled a little skiff behind them and they'd go down. And that's how they would get to shore whenever there wasn't a place that they could park the big boat. And when they had taken it on board, they used cables and undergirding uh, the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground on the Sardis sands, they struck sail, and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day they lightened the ship. And on the third day they threw the ship's tack overboard, its tackle, uh, the stuff they used to sail with, their tools and things. They did it with our own hands. And now when neither sun nor stars appeared in many days and, so small, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you but only the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the, of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it has, was told to me. However, we must run aground a certain now when the fourteenth night had come, we were driven up and down the Adriatic Sea. About midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land, and they took soundings and found it to be twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they took soundings again and found that it was fifteen fathoms. The water's getting shallower. Then fearing, lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, when they had let down the skiff into the sea under pretense of putting out anchors from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. And then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall. And as the day was about to dawn, Paul implored them all to take food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day you have waited and continued without food and, eat, and eaten nothing. Therefore I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from, your head, from the head of any of you. And when they had said these things, he took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of them all, 
That's how we're supposed to be. Do it in the presence of everybody. We serve God, right? We don't act one way in church and another way out. I don't know why that came in there, but um, it did. And when they had broken it, he began to eat, and then they were all encouraged and also took food for themselves. In all, we were 276 persons on the ship. So when they had eaten enough, <clears throat> they lightened the ship and threw out the wheat into the sea. Now the this ship moved with cargo. But it didn't get to where it was supposed to go. They had to take the stuff. I'm going to read one more verse, two more verses, one more verse, two more verses. Let's go down to verse 44. And I'm going to just read the last part of it. We know that they ran aground because they had to land at an island. Remember Paul told them that. It was Malta. And it says they all escaped safely to land. 276 souls were on that boat. And they all made it. And Paul, by the way, made it to Rome. When he got to Rome, we know that he was there for two years. That's right at the last couple of verses there, verse 30 of, of chapter 28. He had a rented house and he received all that came to him teaching them about Jesus. See, there was a purpose for where he was going. I want to tell you this morning, there are storms that will come in your life and come into my life. If you ain't one now, there's one coming. If you live long enough, you're probably going to go through several. But if you're in a storm right now, I want you to know this. God's got this. Amen? Now, there are all kinds of storms. There are some storms that are, at a, are of our own making. God puts us there. We're going through a storm, okay? But there are storms that some others cause us to be in. See, Paul didn't want to be there. But he was. He was in the storm because of decisions others had made. But he was there. You see, I'm in a storm now. Had I not been so greedy, and that's as simple as it is, I mean, I, I like to think that I wanted to build a, a building with my son, which I did, and him learned something. Had I gone and paid the guy, you know, eight or $10,000 for the shed that I wanted, a day or two or a week or two later, they'd have pulled it up with it on a rollback, and they'd have set it up for me. I wouldn't have had broke the sweat. And I would have a building, but instead, I came off of the building. And I'm in the storm that I'm in now. That was not a storm of my choosing. I think that was a storm that God is doing something in. Not just for me, but you see, when we get into storms, others get affected by them also. See, it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. The Bahamas right now with this Hurricane Dorian that's in the, out in the ocean, there are saved people in, the, in that hurricane. Some will die. Some will live. They're going to lose property. They're going to have damage. All this is going on. But there's going to be saved people that's going to have the same thing going on. And the difference is, is who do you know? Who you know is how you get through the storm. Who you know is where you're going to end up if the storm does kill you. It's about who you know, and it's about the destination that you're going to make it to. 
You see, this storm that I'm in now, it don't just affect me. It does. Sweetie don't lay awake at night hurting. I do. She lays awake at night because I'm wiggling like a worm. Bless her heart. Y'all pray for her. But my storm is now she's in it. My storm now is my children are in it. My storm now is my church family is in it. You're in it with me. You didn't want to be in it, but you're in it. And some storms come about by decisions that we make. Let's think about this. A guy gets a chance to get a job. It's a promotion, but he's got to move to another town. And he goes to this other town, or, or he, 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 the boss says, I've got to know something today. What are you going to do? It's more money. You're going to make a whole lot more money. It's going to be better. And he says, you know what? Yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take my family. We're going to uproot. Now, it ain't just him that is now gone somewhere. By the way, he didn't counsel God about it. He made a decision on his own. So he's now going to find himself in a place. His children are going to have to change schools, change friends. His wife, he didn't even consult her. And now, if a storm comes because of that, other people are affected by it. What about divorce? The husband or the wife comes and says, I don't want to be with you no more. I want, a, I want a divorce. It ain't just that one individual that makes that decision. It's the other one who may not want it to happen. They're now in a storm of this person's doing and making. Amen? The children will be, the family and friends will be, uh, the church people will probably pick sides and all these kinds of things go on. Their friends will do that. Doesn't that happen? Am I talking truth this morning? <laughs> and it's a storm. And everybody that they know and everybody that has anything to do with them is now in the storm. They didn't want to be in that storm. But you see, Paul had been fasting. He said they were coming out of a fast, and that's when he stood up and spoke to these people, and he said, it is dangerous. We shouldn't be going on this trip, by the way. You see, Paul is the preacher, right? He, didn't he go out telling the people about the Lord? He was giving them the truth that they needed to walk by. But Paul spoke up. Number one, he's a prisoner. What kind of voice does he have? I mean, he's the lowest fellow on the top. Y'all mind if I take my coat off? I got right hot last week, and my radiator just about overflowed. But Paul, that thing might not stick to my shirt. Paul was the preacher and he gave them something that he'd already heard from God. This is going to be a bad trip. I see this is not going to be good for us. Well, thank you, sweetie. She's awake. And he said there's going to be much loss and he was even worried for their lives at that point. He knew that it shouldn't be going on. But this centurion, he had a choice to make. You see, he was listening. He was listening to the helmsman, that, that's the expert, that's the captain of the boat. This is the guy that knows how to sail. You don't go sailing without somebody who knows how to do it. And by the way, I thank God for all the experts. And whatever your profession is, you're an expert in it, and thank God for you. 
but whatever you say can't out-trump what God has to say. And so the preacher had spoke, and the centurion who kind of liked him, he listened to the captain of the boat, and he says, I think we ought to go. The folks that owned the boat says, well, I think we ought to go. I mean, I've got cargo. This is how I'm going to make some money. This is how I'm going to get what I have, and, and I think you ought to go. And the centurion, he was listening to all these, this advice. Let me tell you something about advice, brothers and sisters. If it don't line up with what's sitting in here, I don't care who it is, it could be me, don't listen to it. Because it will lead you into a storm that you don't want to go in. And we read down here, by the way, that, that even the majority advised to set sail. They didn't want to get out of the... They wanted to be comfortable through the winter. They didn't want to be where they was at because it was going to be more work and more effort for them to winter that boat where they were at. And so the majority spoke up. And instead of listening to what the preacher had to say, the man of God, I mean the guy that knew how to get a hold of God. Uh, we know that about Paul, don't we? He could get a hold of God. He interceded. He knew how to get down to some serious prayer and find out what God wanted. And he wasn't afraid to say it. He, Like I say, he was a prisoner, but he spoke up. And so this centurion had the choice of who he was going to listen to. He listened to the expert. He listened to the guy that was greedy. He had a whole other motive of his own right there. Maybe he had insurance on it. He didn't know if or not. It just needs to go. But then he listened to the majority. That's who made the decision. The centurion made the decision they would take off and the majority is what ruled. Folks, the majority is not always right. Look at our nation and what stuff is going on is happening because of majority. Politicians can make laws and make decisions and yet we get involved in that storm whether we want to or not. There's not a better place in the world to live than the United States of America. I believe that with all my heart. Right now we're having worship and we're in church because we can be. Nobody's telling us what we can and cannot say right now. But people make decisions that cause us to get involved in storms that we don't want any part of, but because we're living and because we're there, because of the vicinity, we are now in the storm. Let me tell you something about listening to the majority. You remember some fellows back in the Old Testament, some spies, there were ten of them. Remember they got sent out to see what the land was like? And the majority, which would be eight of them, come back and say, oh, we can't go take that. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, says, oh, yeah, we can, we should. So don't always listen to the majority. We can have a church meeting to make a decision on what color we're going to paint the carpet, and it ain't always the majority should rule. Because I won't tell you why. Why do you want to take, oh, Lord, help me, please. It's a known fact that in our nation today where they're doing surveys, 25% of church attendees is what attends the prayer service. Why would you want to listen to people who ain't even praying? I'm going to let that one sink in for you. 
I don't want you to read anything else into it. I don't want you to try to defend it. You know where you stand. I don't. Only God does. But I'm telling you right now, if you just got pricked in your heart, that's the Holy Ghost. Listen to him. Why do you want to listen to a bunch of people who ain't even praying? Well, I'm a Christian. I know the word. Let me tell you something. The devil can quote this thing backwards and frontwards. You better not be listening to him because he's going to lead you into storms that will destroy you. That's his plan. And don't think for a minute if you stood at this altar at some time in your life or when you was a kid or wherever it was and you asked Jesus to come into your heart, don't think for a minute he ain't going to be knocking at your door. Don't think for a minute you can't decide to listen to what he says because of the passions of our heart, the lust of our hearts. Don't think for a minute that can't happen. It's got to go along with this whole passel of amens this morning. Woo! Thank God I ain't working for those. See, these people listened to the people who didn't know. But the man of God stood up and said, no, we should not be making this trip, but yet they make the trip. They get out here. We know that they have an easy time. We also know in verse 13 it says, the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire. You can't always look at stuff that's going around and circumstances that are happening around and say this is the will of God. Am I right or wrong on this? Help me with this, folks. Come on. I know y'all might be soaking in. I don't know if we're getting resistance or, or if we're just chewing. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, but, but sometimes we can't look and say, well, this just had to be the will of God. That's what these people saw. There's a storm down south, and you know what? Whenever they get hit by the first part of it, the ones that's in the eye of the storm is going to have one of the most beautiful parts of the day until it passes. And we find out here that not long after they took off, they had a wind that drove them. They couldn't even fight against it. They couldn't get to where they wanted to go. And this wind was taking them just wherever. And you see, when we make decisions and we get ourselves in storms, we'll follow whatever the wind says. We'll go wherever the wind's blowing. That can happen to us. Am I right or wrong on that? I mean, I've been there. Boy, have I been there. And we can get involved in storms that we didn't really ask to be a part of. You see, Brother Murphy can attest to this. I'm pastoring a church now. And I want to tell you before I say what I'm going to say, I am thankful to be able to help every single one of you at any place that you're at. And I promise you, you will be prayed for. I promise you, you will receive truth. It's between you and God whether you want to take it or not. But I get involved in as a pastor, and I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me. I can quit at any time. But I get involved in everybody's storm. And the only thing I have to go by is the Word of God. Knowing that, knowing, knowing that when that Word of God comes, sometimes I'm going to get what God is probably going to get. See, people get mad with God a whole lot when stuff's going on in their life. Brother Eddie's sitting over here. I don't know if you know it or not, but now you're going to know. He told us Wednesday night, he's got cancer. He needs prayer. Amen? 
And I can tell you from a standpoint of, of, of being hurt and being in a storm, uh, his mind needs some prayer. His family needs some prayer. Their hearts and their minds need some prayer, and they need some truth to come in. They need to be lifted up by God. But we have seen enough going on knowing that the hand of God moves. We have seen the miracles happen. Amen? Have we not seen miracles happen in this church? Have we not? It's time to give God a hand clap of praise if you've seen a miracle. Maybe you called on Him and you didn't get the answer you want, but I'm going to tell you now, it's about His will. You see, it was His will that Paul would make it to Rome. It didn't matter what the devil threw at him. It didn't matter who the centurion listened to. The fact of the matter was, Paul was going to get to Rome. And he had to be reassured because we read in the scripture that I read to you just now that he had been away from for a while. He had been praying and fasting again. And that's when he come up and says, don't be worried, don't be afraid because an angel of the Lord spoke to me and said, Paul, you must go to Rome. You ain't going to die. And by the way, I'm going to give you all the souls that's on the boat. When things weren't looking good, people started jumping off of the boat. Right? They were putting the skiff down. And what it says here is they were putting the skiff down and they were going to make like they were going to go out and put some anchors down. We're doing this for the good of the boat. Their whole mindset was, I'm getting out of here. Those men would have perished. This is what Paul said. Unless they stay on this boat, you will not live. So what did they do? I mean, he's in shackles. It says the guards cut the ropes. Because they wanted to live. You see, storms are going to come, and some of them ain't of our making. But as a body of believers, as we sit here before Jesus today, and we have a Bible to read, and we have a Bible to study, and we have a Holy Ghost that will teach us, right? Don't we need Him to teach us? Don't we need Him to help us see? And all you got to do is ask. You don't have to perform something for the Holy Ghost to help you. Can I help you with that? You don't have to come up and perform something. You don't, have to, you don't have to do this or that. No, He is a gift. He is a gift. And Jesus said, it's good that I go away because He will come. He's going to teach you all things. He's the comforter. How in the world could Paul stand up in the middle of these people? They've been 14 days out in the middle of the ocean with waves throwing them around and all this bad stuff going on. And yet... Here they are, doom and gloom. They're thinking everything's going to go bad. They're not going to. All hope, as we read, was given up that they were going to be saved. And then you got this Christian nut stands up. He's got a smile on his face. Boys, be of good cheer. It's going to be okay. God just told me. See, when God tells somebody something and then they tell us many times, we start weighing the odds. We start doing our own stinking thinking. And don't listen to what God has given to us. And he gave it through a believer. It don't have to be the preacher. It can be any of you sitting out there. Are you ready to be used of God to be that guy that's going to stand up and talk? You're going to speak for God, huh? Be ready because he might want to use you to talk to someone. They may not get it. That's okay. Obey God. He may tell you to tell them twice. Well, you go back and you tell them again. But they saw what was going on because they actually, he broke bread 
You see, he didn't stop serving God in their midst. They were unbelievers. These, most of them were probably Jews. They didn't believe in Jesus. The other with the Roman guards and, and the others, they didn't believe in Jesus. They couldn't. If they did, they'd lose their job. Oh, that's another subject, isn't it? Altogether. I can't worship the Lord where I work. Friend, I want to tell you this morning, if you can't worship the Lord where you work, you need to find another job. I don't care. I don't care what you'll lose in this life. If you can't talk about Jesus, you've got some serious questions to ask yourself. Just who is your Lord? Is it the good money you're making? Is it the good job that you love? Well, I've been here forever, and you know, I'm comfortable in it. These guys were comfortable. But their comfort caused them to go into a storm. A storm that Paul, for them, was a good thing. He was with them. A man of God. A man of God was there who didn't sell his principles out on anything. A man of God was there to lead them. Now, how in the world prisoner who has absolutely no status in the world, shackled up, how in the world does he be a leader? Friend, I want to tell you this morning, when God says it's so, it is so, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, it's what God says, and his will is going to be done. Paul made it to Rome, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He had liberty even when he was in Rome. It was a favor of God and all who came to him, he taught them about Jesus. He had a stop to make, right? He landed on the island of Malta and we know that people got saved there, don't we? Remember he got bit by a snake? He's gathering firewood, you know, it's cold. I mean, we already found out it's wintertime, right? And that's when they crashed on the shore. The boat and everything was gone. The, 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 the guy that owned the boat lost, lost all his profit because they had to throw it overboard, the wheat. Everything was gone. The only thing that made it was the souls that was on board. And you've got to stay on the boat. This is the boat. The church is the boat, not the building. We can be in here. And we're, if Jesus is in you, wherever you go, that's the church. This is just the building. Can I help you with that? Wherever you go, however you go, you are the church. I took my, hey, I got tennis shoes on. Hey, by the way, I want to show you something. I want to get you laughing. Sweetie said, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to do it anyway. Should I listen to her? Brother Ken, should I listen to my wife? I should. Well, I'll listen to her. I won't tell you. Tried to get my shoes on this morning because I wanted to be dressed decently, and they still wouldn't fit on my feet. So I had to wear my tanny pumpers. When I got my socks out of the drawer, I put them on. I want y'all to check this out. Huh? Can y'all even notice that? Because I didn't. Not until I got in the sunlight. Crawled up in the truck, and my britchy legs rolled up, and I looked down, and I said, well, it's too late now. 
but they work. But you see, God's, God's still working this morning. He's still moving this morning. I believe this morning he has talked. <clears throat> he has talked to us this morning. Friends, you're going to face some storms. Paul was a praying man. You be a praying person. You be a praying man. You seek the will of God. Because that is the only thing that's going to go right. Amen? Wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your house, whatever's going on in your life, the will of God is going to happen. If you don't like His will, you'll be like the sailors and you'll want to jump ship to your death. Because they would have perished. I don't know who this is speaking to this morning. I don't know how it's going on. But there's power in prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. I'm going to give you something Jesus said over here in, 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 in Matthew chapter 7. This is at the end of the Beatitudes. It's chapter 5, 6, and 7. He's telling us how we're to be in our lives. He is teaching us the best way to go. The best way to walk. That's another teaching for another time, and I just can't wait, but it ain't time yet. But at the end of it, in chapter 7, verse 24, he said, Therefore, whoever hears the saying of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Your house has got to be on this. Everything you do has to be on this. It doesn't contradict itself, by the way. If you're finding contradiction, there's someone else leading your reading time and working on your spirit, and it ain't the Holy Ghost. There are no contradictions in there. And the rain descended. It's going to come. It's going to rain on the just and the unjust. You will have a storm if you ain't in one now. Another one's coming. If you're in one now and you live long enough and time lasts long enough, you're going to go through another storm. Some of it's going to be of your own making and own decision making. Some of it is going to be because of those around you, the ones you love. You'll get into a storm. But he says, the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Whatever the storm is you're in this morning, it's just hanging on to the Word of God, which is Jesus, by the way. You're going to be okay. You may not be comfortable. I don't think Paul was too comfortable. I mean, have you ever been in a boat? down in the bottom of it when it's tossing around in 30-foot seas. I went deep sea fishing one time and went to the bathroom. <clears throat> That's the quickest time I'd ever gone to the bathroom in my life because it took about two seconds of not being able to see anything around in this little bitty cramped room for the equilibrium to just go crazy. And instantly, oh, and it wasn't fun. Once I got up topside and could see the horizon again and breathe some air, I got okay. You think it was fun for Paul? Huh? 
No, no, it wasn't all that fun, but he trusted in God. It didn't matter how fun it was. It didn't matter how good it felt. What mattered was he was leaning on the Word of God. He was leaning on what God had showed him and told him. And you know, if you build your house, if you build your life, your house, this house, if you build it on the Word of God, what He has to say, you're going to be okay because the storms are going to come. But He goes on and says, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And it not only says it fell, its fall was great. This morning I want you to pray. I want you to seek God. Man, I ain't even dressed right. I ain't even got a jacket on. You know, some places I'd be flogged. They'd be calling the state office and say, get rid of the dude. Am I right, Brother Murphy, right? You, you learn where you're at, right? And there's liberty there. There's liberty there. You guys have given me, I think you have. I mean, if you haven't, come see me. We'll talk, we'll pray. But there's liberty there. The guard gave Paul some liberty. How did it come he gave him liberty? Because he belonged to God. But I don't take that liberty and flaunt it. If I go up the road or out the road or somewhere else and somebody lets me know, don't take your coat off in there. They won't listen. What's about my comfort? It's now about them learning. Amen? And I really did try to put some better shoes on this morning, but they just wouldn't go. Because I think this looks funny. I don't really like it much myself, but... It's locus. It is what it is. Stand to your feet this morning because we're going to pray. And I urge you this morning that if there's something going on in your life, you're sitting in a storm right now, don't be ashamed to call out to God. Don't be ashamed to ask the saints of this church to come and join you in prayer. And maybe they somebody's got a word. You may, be, you may have a word right now for somebody you don't even know you got it. But if you don't follow the will of God, if you don't follow the instruction of God, you'll never come and pray with them and you'll never, the word will never go into their ear what they need to hear. We can't be afraid of that. We can't be ashamed of the truth. What's your favorite scripture? Brother Murphy? Tell us what it says. His life ain't his. <laughs> he might be telling, God might tell him, hey, go pray with, go, go pray with Ken. Oh, we'll just use me. We'll pick on me. Because he needs to hear this. And he can't let our relationship, our friendship, he can't let that get in the way. He can't let saying, oh, he needs to hear this. He can't let none of that get in the way because God said, this is what I want you to tell him. Because it's the only thing that is going to help me where I'm at. It's the only thing because God knows. Amen. Don't He know every heart in here this morning? He knows who's saved. He knows who ain't saved. He knows who's going through a storm. He knows all about the storm. He knows it's coming. Uh, when, when He said Paul's going to have to go, go to Rome, He knew what was going to happen. It's in the Word of God.
He knew what was coming, but he had to reassure Paul. Sometimes we get a little weak in our spirits, and we spend time in prayer, and sometimes we have to listen to the Word of God, which will encourage us and let us know. That's how come a fellow can be in a boat for 14 days, a little, I mean, they weren't the best things back then, being tossed about by these big waves and all this. And when everybody else is in despair and everybody else thinks, oh, we're going to die, we're not going to make it, he can stand up and come upstairs and say, take heart, guys, it's all good. He's got joy in his heart. He's got a smile on his face. Why? Because he heard from God. That's how we can be in a storm and have joy. That's how we can be in a storm and know God's going to work it out. I belong to him and I've sold out to him and this morning if you play something George if you want to please uh, if, you got a, if you're in a storm this morning I urge you to come and pray I urge you to come and seek what God has for you uh, maybe, maybe you're just not where you used to be with God something's going on uh, you got to go and talk to him uh, he'll take you He'll take you back if he, take, if he takes you whenever you was yet in sin and if you're stumbling around in the dark right now and if you can't be able to see and the storms are going on and you're wondering what's happening. You see, these guys, they sailed by the stars and it says in here that it got dark all night. Uh, they couldn't see the sun. They couldn't see the stars. They had no way to navigate. Sometimes we get in storms and we don't feel like we can navigate. All you got to do is hold on to the hand of the Lord because I'm telling you, He knows how to get through every situation. And He says and He promised, I will not leave you and I will not forsake you.